And we're back. Thank you all for tuning in to this episode of Pod Michigan, the sports talk podcast from a logical fan's perspective. And we have roughly three things to discuss on this episode for different teams but one topic is sort of blended in together and the first couple are kind of rehashing the last two episodes but i just can't seem to let it go or should i say fans out there just can't seem to let it go so we'll start off with what everybody's talking about this week and that's the detroit lions And more specifically, their head coach, Dan Campbell, and his crying in the post-game press conference. And everybody on Terrestrial Sports Talk Radio, the first, you know, Monday or Tuesday after the fact, were just ripping them for being, well, not ever. I shouldn't say everybody, but the majority of the the texters and the people that called in were all acting like they've never got emotional over a sporting event, which kind of seems a little bit like you're the pot calling the kettle black a little bit. Because isn't that what you do when you call up sports talk? And get on the the team's social media pages and rail your opinion about how much they suck or how much this player sucks or how much the coaching staff sucks. Isn't that what you're doing? You are getting emotional because you're emotionally invested in the Lions. And We've discussed a couple of podcasts ago, or maybe if we didn't, I'm going to say it again now, so we'll have it officially on the record this time. For all those people out there for the past 55, 60 years that have claimed that they're done watching the Lions, but yet, you know what? They continue to tune in each and every game of each and every season, and they still continue to complain. So if you're really done with them, if you're done spending your time on them, if you're done being emotionally invested in this crap professional football franchise, then what's up with giving your two cents on it? Oh, that's right. That's because that's what people do now. I do, it's just I'm doing it here on a podcast, but that's kind of the way it is. They're much the same people that call into sports talk and start off the conversation with, I've been a season ticket holder for XXX years, and I'm done giving that franchise my hard-earned money. You know what, and... I've actually heard the guys on the ticket say this before, and I kind of agree with them wholeheartedly. If everybody that texted or called into Sports Talk Radio actually had season tickets for the Lions or Pistons or Red Wings or 
Tigers, those stadiums would probably hold about half a million people. So, yeah, it's just one of those things that sports fans do. But anyways, we're talking about Dan Campbell's emotion after their loss to Minnesota, and most people were negative about it. Not everybody. There were certain people that that appreciated his honesty, his emotion, his his clear, apparent desire to make this team a winner. And that's kind of where I fall into it, because I I would rather play for a coach that shows that emotion, that shows that he cares, that would make me want to keep trying. That would make me invest my abilities, like I have any actual athletic ability, but if I did, that would be the kind of coach that I would want to play for. And people are saying, you know, he's He's got the team now, but if they keep losing, then he's going to lose the team. And that may or may not be the case. But right now, I think he won over or continued to win over that locker room with his emotional output at the press conference after the game. Because that showed the players that... They're giving it their all, which I don't think anybody out there can say that this particular Lions team is not out there trying. You could say that over the past previous three years with the last regime, where it was clear and obvious that the players had quit on Matt Patricia, and quite frankly, so did the fans me included, but I don't think the the players, at least at any time soon, have quit on this coaching staff. I actually think they're out there doing their absolute best. They've completely bought in to the program so far, and with all of the injuries that they sustained to, I guess you could say they're better players. They don't really have a lot of standout players as it is now and they keep losing them. Like Frank Ragnow's done for the year and I guess they're getting Taylor Decker back either this week or next week and Penesula got banged up and the receiving core is just <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, TJ Hawkinson has missed some practice time, so he's kind of banged up. But, and we don't even need to go into the defense because we all know what kind of S show that actually is. Anyway, so we shouldn't expect much. Although, you know, I don't think, and I will take a little bit of heat for this, but yeah, they're not good. Especially in the secondary, because they're just not good. But, I don't think they've played that awfully bad, at least the last couple of weeks or so. And let's be completely frank about it. They're 0-5, that's true, but four of the five games, I mean, 
Okay, we'll go four games because people always want to debate about the San Francisco game, how San Francisco checked out and let the Lions back in. So we'll throw that game out. So we'll go we'll go 0 and 4. We'll start from Green Bay. And you know what? They really have been in all four of those games. You could say Green Bay a little bit. They weren't. So we'll go three of the four games. They were in it and had opportunities to win the game. Did they win the game against Baltimore? No, they didn't. They they lost on a NFL record 5,000-mile kick by Justin Tucker. And I know people will say, you know, that if they didn't have that crappy defense, if they didn't take a timeout, then they wouldn't have lost that game. We we don't know that, but, I mean, they still, they gave up the play, but they still had to kick a a 67-yard field goal to beat the Lions. And then Chicago, they didn't look good for a while, and then they came back, and they had a chance in Chicago. They just didn't get the job done. And then in Minnesota, they had the game again with what was it, 33 seconds or so to go. And again, they they lost on a very long field goal. And people are complaining about, you know, playing the prevent defense and only rushing three. And to that, I will say, you know what? I'm choosing, and I've said this all along on the podcast, I'm not looking at wins and losses this season. Am I disappointed when they lose? Of course I am. But with the talent on this team, I just, I'm not looking for them to be successful. What I'm looking for is individual improvement. I'm looking for for signs of life from this team. And hopefully at some point the light will flick on and we will see the 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 fruition of all this work and effort that they're putting in things will kind of start to change a little bit and i actually think that's coming with this team as decimated with injuries as bad as a lot of the talent is on this team they've been in four of the five games that they've played, and they haven't won any of them yet, but I do think it's coming. So when it comes, I don't know. You know what? I actually think they have a decent shot if, and this is a big if because it hasn't happened yet this year, the offense is able to put together an entire game where they look good. This seems to be they look good in one half, and kind of flat in the second half of all five games this year. So if they can put an entire game together, four quarters together of good offense, or or acceptable offense, marginal offense, I think they have a great chance of getting a victory this week against Cincinnati. They're at home. Yeah, Cincinnati's 3-2, and two, but you know what? One win is against Jacksonville, and I think they're an up-and-coming team, but I just don't think they're there yet. And I think 
as the players continue to buy into Campbell and the coaching staff's message and they're giving max effort out there. I honestly, and I can say this and you can call me a homer or whatever you you may want to call me, but I really do see signs of life from this team. And I think it bodes well for the future. If you disagree with me, feel free to call and leave a message on the voicemail at 810-373-9732. And we will revisit this after next week's game against Cincinnati. Now, initially this week, I was going to talk about the the Red Wings kicking off their season, but I think I'm going to wait until they get rolling to start actually talking about them. Just so we sort of get a, a snapshot of what this team looks like. We've seen them in the preseason, and you really can't carve a good sculpture out of what you see in the preseason in any sport much less hockey because you're because oftentimes you're getting players that are going to be sent down to the minors you're getting established players who are just out there sort of getting their sea legs on the ice working themselves into game shape so they're not going 100% so it's really hard to gauge what a team is going to be until the puck drops for real. So we'll we'll give the Red Wings a week or so before we start talking about them. But and I was going to actually going to skip Michigan and Michigan State this week and kind of hold off until a they lost a game or b the end of the month when they play each other. And I'm sure we will talk about them that week, but I do want to talk about something right now that kind of irks me, and I've stated the last few podcasts that I am a Michigan fan over a Michigan State fan, but I'm very different than most Michigan fans. I'm logical. I will admit when something smells, and to be honest with you, I think even though they're 6-0, and something isn't starting to smell right in Ann Arbor. First of all, and I'll cheese all my fellow Wolverine fans off right now by saying, in my personal opinion, and I've watched every game for Michigan and Michigan State this year, and I think State should actually be ranked higher than Michigan. Now, frankly, I don't think either team should be ranked as high as they are. I don't I would say should they both be in the top 25? Yes, but I don't think they should both be in the top 10 or near the top 10 depending on which poll you look at. You got Michigan going from seven or eight and state going from what was it nine and ten or ten and eleven or something like that. Yeah, no. I don't think either team is worthy of that high of a designation. Did they earn it being undefeated? Yes. I'm not taking anything away from 
any of the victories that they have. They've, they've beaten what's been set in front of them. But let's be frank, both teams probably should have lost to Nebraska. And Nebraska, I won't say they gave the game to Michigan and Michigan State, but they didn't help their cause with their self-inflicted wounds. So yes, I think they both should have lost to Nebraska, to which they didn't, and they both played at Lincoln, so that's kind of 50-50 there. They both came away with a victory, so hats off to them. I think State played at Lincoln, didn't they? I could be wrong on that, but either way, they both beat Nebraska. Now, here's the thing, and everyone was talking about how great Michigan's running game has been, and it's been good. I, I will not take that away from them. It's been a good running attack, but in, in people, here, here's where the, the Michigan fan, the typical Michigan fan will say, see, the last couple of weeks they've started passing the ball. Yeah, not really. And I just, I don't know if it's Cade Cunningham. Did I say Cade Cunningham? We're not talking about the Pistons. <laughs> if it's Cade McNamara or J.J. McCarthy, I think they need to, to settle on one and either let the other one transfer, or if they're willing to sit and play second fiddle, then play second fiddle. But they need to pick one and stick with it. Now, Cade McNamara is a decent game manager, but I don't think he's the type of quarterback that is going to win you a game. Put him, put his, put the team on his back and win a game for you. I just don't think he's that type of player. Whereas J.J. McCarthy, I think he has all the talent in the world and could be one of those players, but he's got to go through the growing pains of actual game time before that comes out. So I think Harbaugh needs to make a decision and just stick with it and stop using both of them in situation so pick a quarterback and go with it and take that ride that where it takes you and personally nothing against Cade McNamara but I think you you have this five-star recruit in J.J. McCarthy you should probably just go ahead and give him the reins and if it doesn't work it doesn't work but yeah I, I think you should go with it he he I think he brings more energy to the team when he's out there, just from my eyeball test. And on the flip side of that, I think Michigan State, granted, I will say Michigan's defense has been playing well, and they seem to have the upper hand as a whole on Michigan State when it comes to the defense. State secondary look suspect a lot of the time but I will tell you this just from watching the games that the the front four at least for Michigan State's defense is pretty damn stout so I'm not sure exactly when they play at the end of the month how that's going to turn out but I will say that Michigan State's passing attack is leaps and bounds ahead of what I've seen from Michigan this year. So that scares me a little bit. And 
the running attack has been getting some national press of late with the emergence of Kenneth Walker because he, at least so far this year, he looks definitely legit as a running back. And if Michigan's defense isn't all window dressing like it has been the last four or five years, I don't, he could be trouble for Michigan. But if they're as stout as they've looked so far this year, it could be interesting. It's just a passing game that I'm concerned with. So if I was forced to make a selection now, you know, what, two weeks before the game, three weeks before the game, I might take State. I think if they played right now, State would probably beat Michigan, and it's at East Lansing, so it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks to discuss that. So, I just, A, I don't think either team should be ranked as high as they are. B, I think State should actually be ranked higher than Michigan. I've been more impressed with them. I think Mel Tucker has done more in 18 months, leaps and bounds done more, than Jim Harbaugh has done in his seventh year at Michigan. But hey, you know what? I know a lot of you probably disagree with me. So if you want to call me, leave a voicemail, give me your two cents, tell me I'm an idiot, let me know, 810-373-9732. And I'm sure as we get closer to Michigan-Michigan State, we will talk a lot more about that game. Well, for the first couple of episodes out there, I've given you the number 810-373-9732 to call up and give your two cents on anything I'm talking about on the podcast. And I actually did get a phone call from somebody, so let's see what they have to say and who exactly they are. Hey, yo. First time caller, long time listener. This is Raider Ryan. That's right. Raider Nation, baby. I want you to talk some more about my Oakland Raiders. I mean, my Los Angeles Raiders. I mean, my Las Vegas Raiders. Raider Nation. A baby. Rich Gannon going way back. Derek Carr leading us through the Super Bowl. Does your team have a crackhead tight end? No. Mine does. Darren Waller. Yeah. Raider Nation. Mm-hmm. Talk it up, baby. Well, thank you, Raider Ryan or Ryan Raider or whatever the hell you called yourself. Let's Let's go over that 45 seconds that you left for us. First of all, thank you for leaving the message. Hopefully you can contribute something useful to a Michigan-centric sports talk show. But, hey, it is what it is. But let's talk about your Raiders for a minute. How's John Gruden doing? Oh, yeah, that's right. That could be a whole topic for another podcast, getting off the Michigan-centric podcast. But let's also talk about your Raiders. You have one of those jackets, don't you, buddy? Raider Ryan walking around with his Raiders jacket on like it's 1988 still. Got his public enemy CD in his Walkman. 
Well, actually, he probably doesn't even have a CD. It's probably an actual Walkman with a cassette. So he has his Public Enemy cassette in with the Mega Bass pushed on it. So thank you, Raider Ryan. I appreciate your phone call. And I really think if your Raiders are probably going to fall off a cliff now that everything has gone down. But you know what? I could totally be wrong. Losing... John Gruden as your head coach might not be a bad thing after all. But I still thank you, Raider Ryan, or more specifically, it kind of sounded a little bit like Dusty Rhodes after a bad weekend in Las Vegas. But I could totally be wrong. Thank you, Raider Ryan. And if you want to be like him, you can call and Leave us a voicemail and we will discuss your thoughts on the next episode. The number to call again is 810-373-9732. So until next time, it's fourth and inches. Are you going to punt the ball? Are you going to go for it? Are you going to kick that field goal?